Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you so much. How awesome it is to be with you tonight. And uh, next Sunday morning, by the way, I'm speaking on a message that is so uh, impacting to my life or was uh, a week or two ago when things were looking incredibly challenging for a, a 24-hour space. And out of that, the Spirit of God began to prompt me. I, I'd love to tell you that the angel of the Lord visited me, but it wasn't like that. I was actually driving home from the office and a thought came to me, but one that I knew was more than just my thinking. It was the Holy Spirit. And I went home and began to look up uh, something about the life of one of the people that every single person, no matter who you are, how little church background you may have, I guarantee every one of you have heard of this guy. And uh, But out of that came the message that's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to share with you next week. I believe it'll be special. Love you to join with us if you can. That'd be great. But tonight I want to talk to you about setting value for your life. Um, I believe the Bible's got a lot to teach us about every part of our life. Um, I love the fact that you can read the Scripture and there's doctrine in there. In other words, there's structure that tells me about the way uh, God thinks and works, about the Kingdom of Heaven, about the, how the church ought to be governed. But the Bible also tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that all Scripture is, is inspired of God and is given to us for instruction in righteousness, for right living. That's not talking about heaven when we die. It's talking about the here and now and about how I do life. And I've found over and over again in my life that the Bible is an intensely practical book that gives me instruction on how to live now. It's got a lot to say about so many of the important areas of life. Whole chunks of the Bible, for instance, are about relationships and how to do them well. There's verses in here about how to be a business owner. There's passages of Scripture that talk about how to manage money well or how to look after your health. There's a whole range of things in here. And so I want to take a verse that at face value, the first time you read it, you might put it in the basket of, well, that's about uh, Jesus and His life. But actually, it's got quite a lot to teach us about how to do this part and this time of life incredibly well for every one of us. It's Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, and it says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, that word means developer, the developer of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Again, all these messages have been coming to me. I thank God for the Holy Spirit who is so ever-present, so always encouraging, so always speaking and bringing revelation. And again, I was driving home, maybe it was just the end of a big day, but I began thinking about that phrase, despising the shame, and I went and I looked it up and saw that the word despise doesn't mean to, to hate or to, to disparage. It literally means to disesteem or to put as a low value. And then I began to read this verse again with that thought in mind. 
and saw that this verse is actually about value, that Jesus saw the value of what was coming after the cross. That means you and I. That means the great plan of salvation and all that God has for us, that He saw that as of a high value and that He saw the shame of the cross as being of low value. And then I began to realise that all value is set subjectively, that all value, in other words, is set by us. It's not an absolute. And you'll say to me, oh, Jeff, no, that's not so, Jeff. Uh, There's a lot of things that are of absolute value. Here I have one of the beautiful Australian banknotes. It's a $20 bill. That's why it says over here on the bottom left-hand corner, on the top right-hand corner, from where I'm looking at it, it's got uh, the number 20 on it. And you'll say, Jeff, it's absolutely uh, an absolute value. That's worth $20 and no more. It's worth 20. And I say to you, no, no, its value can change. And you'll say, no, it doesn't, Jeff. It's 20 bucks. It's always going to be $20. But I did a bit of research because I remembered that at one point, the Aussie dollar went above parity. By that, I mean that measured against the US dollar, the most common standard for currency, at one point in one year in 2012, this Aussie dollar actually was worth more than one US dollar. In one month of 2012, this $20 bill was actually worth $20.16 US. In other words, its value became more than what it had been. As of today, this $20 bill, wait for it, and for those of you in the financial markets, get ready to grab your heart and and to hear the strains of the violin playing, you know, sad music. But as of today, it's $12.57 US. Here we sit far lower than that, And so this that's absolutely got that number, it's absolutely got a value here in Australia. And yet we know anyway that what this could buy, say, a decade ago, is not the same as its purchasing power today. In other words, the value of this has been changed because somebody assessed its value differently. Uh, Hayden was talking in the mingle time, and if you don't tune in for that, by the way, It's a fair bit of fun. You really ought to tune in for that. Uh, But he was talking about toilet paper because I was telling him the other day I'd Googled the highest price paid for toilet paper in Australia. One guy actually sold one roll of toilet paper on eBay for $1,000. Now, last I checked, that sale had not been finalised, so I'm not sure that it had. But one that did get finalised was a 32-pack that normally sold for $15. Somebody assessed its value at $500 and paid $500 for a 32-pack of toilet paper. So you can understand, obviously, that value is a subjective thing. And Hebrews 12.2 says that Jesus set the value of the shame of the cross low. He said the value of what was to come, what he was looking forward to as a high value. Listen to me tonight. 
you and I get to set the value of everything that happens to us. I'll say it to you again. It's up there on the screen because I wanted you to get it. You and I get to set the value of all the things that happen to us. Right around the world right now, lots of people have got different values set on this incredibly challenging season that we're in. Across our media, across all of our social media, people are making all kinds of value statements that if you're not careful, you'll think they're fact. But they're not fact, they're value. When someone says, I'll never be able to get over this. Oh, I'll never be the same again. They are setting the power of this episode as higher than their resilience, as higher than their creativity, and as something that's higher than God's ability and God's blessing in their life. I was talking to someone this morning who said to me, a business person has seen their entire business that they're in completely disappear while this period of social restriction is taking place. But they weren't depressed and they weren't sad. They said, I'm so glad that this happened. And I thought, really? And they said, I'm so glad that this has happened. This has meant a deepening and an enriching of so many of the relationships in my life that I never had time for before. You see, that person's being wise. They're adjusting the value of what they're going through. And they're saying, I'm going to set a high value on some aspects of this that were completely in the background up until this point. When someone goes through a hurt or an offence and says, I'm never going to be able to forgive them. I'm never going to get past this. They're setting the power of that offence as higher than their ability and the choice that they have to be able to forgive the person for that wrong. Understanding that forgiveness is never in the power of the person who wronged you. Forgiveness is always in your power. I'll never forget counselling a young man years ago, a very, very gifted musician, uh, considered a child prodigy really uh, in his life. And yet he had been rejected painfully and badly and that had spiralled into depression. When he came to see me, all kinds of mental anguish was taking place in his life. When I started talking to him and said that Jesus said, you've got to forgive or else you can't receive forgiveness. Well, he erupted in anger and an emotional outburst and said, I'll never forgive them. I can never forgive them. I hope they burn in hell. And I began to counsel this young gifted man about taking the step, the choice to forgive. See, when you say, I can never forgive them, I'll never get over this. What you're really saying is the value, the weight of this thing is so great. It's greater than my power. It's greater than my ability to be able to forgive. Jesus set the value as high on all that would come as a result of the cross and He disesteemed. He set at a low value the shame of the cross. Now stop there and think about this a minute because understand that when Jesus was crucified, some of you will have a cross maybe on a chain around your neck or it appears somewhere in your home as a, as a religious reminder of His sacrifice for you and that's beautiful. 
But I understand that when Jesus died, it was not a pretty ornament. He's actually crucified between two common criminals and they were put in public. He's naked, publicly crucified as an object of derision to all the people that went past because it was a fairly common death. It wasn't something that was special or sacred. It wasn't like it was a spiritual thing. We know that it was so, but to the people walking past, it's just another criminal getting his just desserts. So here is Christ, the Messiah, crucified naked in public in front of his mother and a couple of his closest friends. And yet Jesus said the shame, the ignominy of what he was going through, he said, I count that as small. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 says that the crucified Messiah was a stumbling block to the people that Jesus was sent to. It says, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, because it seems like a contradiction in terms. How can someone be the Messiah and yet be crucified? How could they be rendered so powerless? We know that it wasn't a lack of power. He told the the rulers of the day, don't you know I could call on my father and legions of angels would come to deliver me? He said, no man can take my life. I'm giving it. I love that verse in John's Gospel where it says, where Jesus spoke of His death, which He should accomplish. And it uses that word. I've loved that verse for years because most people don't accomplish death. It just turns up. Uh, And yet Jesus to die was a success. He laid down His life for you. And for me, he willingly said, I'm like, no one can take it from me. I'm going to give it so that all humanity can be saved. What a wonderful thing it was. And but the shame that went along with that, Jesus said, I'm lowering the value of that. Let me give you a few things tonight or today, depending on where you are watching it. Big hi again to everyone around the world. I don't know your time zone. People in India, you're eight hours, I think, behind us in Perth. If you're in France, I think that's about 10 or so, isn't it? Uh, Well, all different time zones, but wherever you are, thank you for being a part of Metro Church Online. And uh, we love the connection we have with you. I don't feel like you're watching. I feel like you're a part of this service. And I so love that we can be together. I really hope you'll drop us a line via the live chat or at info at metrochurch.org.au or use that special text line of 0439-134764. I realise that's only if you're in Australia, but get your, your message across to us in some way, would you? We love hearing from you. It's so special. But I want to give you some things that I believe we need to set a low value on in life. Number one, first thing that you should set a low value on is your past failures. We've all got them. I've got them. You've got them. Many of us find that our past failures are not really past. They're actually a part of our present. And from time to time, their voice pipes up again and starts talking to us about who we are tries to break down the identity of who we are in Christ and wants to lock us into a past mistake. I've met so many people like this. 
for whom the gospel has become the most freeing thing. Listen to the words of the prophet Micah. Micah chapter 7, verse 19 says this, Once again, you, that's God, will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and you will throw them into the depth of the ocean. Think about that a minute. Do you realise that there's some parts of the ocean on planet Earth that are still so deep they've yet to be explored? I've read books about the, the last frontier of discovery, not outer space, but the depths of the oceans of Earth. And God who knows it all says, you know what I'm doing with your sins? I'm not going to put them up to Mount Everest where now it's like a, a vacation trip for so many people. I'm not taking anything away if you're going there, by the way. I realise it's still difficult, but now it's become a, a, a more common place for people to go. He says, I'm going to put it, that's the last place you can get to. I'm putting it into the very depths of the ocean. And then on top of that, the Gospel puts up a no fishing sign over that depth of the ocean where God puts your sins. He says, your sins and your iniquities. God says, I will remember no more. Understand God's got a perfect forgettery. He's able to completely forget about your past. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't it great that though I can remember my past, God says, I have chosen to forget your past. I've chosen to leave that thing behind. Come on, I really want you to get this tonight because I know that there are people and you're a part of this and the enemy, that great accuser of the brethren, he's called, the one who's so good at condemnation, has been sharpening his expertise in that area over millennia and wants to keep on reminding you about that mistake, about that breakdown of your character, about that blot of stain upon your good name. And I want you to know tonight in Jesus' Name that God says to you tonight, He says, I have taken your sins, your mistakes, your missteps. He says, I've taken them, trampled them underfoot, broken them so they've got no power and then taken the debris of that and cast it into the depths of the ocean there where you can't even reach. He says, now don't go fishing there. Don't chuck a line into it and start trying to bring it back up again. Set a low value on your past failures. Set a high value on the righteousness, the free gift that comes to us when we receive Jesus. Can I say to you, because I find some of the gospel, unless the Holy Spirit lights it up to you, can almost sound unbelievable. Jeff, you mean to tell me that God will forgive and forget all of my sins? He'll give me the gift of a fresh start, of walking with Him as though I'd never sinned? Jeff, is that true? Absolutely. Verse after verse in the Bible tells us exactly that. Set a low value on your past folks. Here's the second thing. Set a low value on others' opinions of you. I don't know why the first verse I think I ever learned uh, in the Scripture after I came to Christ was Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says this, The fear of man brings a snare or a trap, but whoever puts their trust in the Lord will be set on high. I'm not sure why I learned that one, 
Maybe it's because as a young person particularly, I was quite shy and quite uh, conscious of other people's opinions more than I should have been. And so I learned that verse and I learned that I needed to set a low value on everyone else's estimation of me. Let me ask you a question. Why would you allow somebody else to tell you what you're worth? You know, if you came up to me someday soon and said, you know that 20 bucks, I'll give you $10 for it. You know that I would say to you, are you serious? I'll, I'll take two tens or I'll take three tens or a 50 for it. But you know, and I know, that I'm not going to take less than what it's worth to me. I've often said to Hayden and the team in Red Frogs, who do such a wonderful job uh, before going to high schools and universities, res colleges, accommodation centres, interacting with young adults who many times are at one of the most vulnerable times for their self-image. And going to those people and letting them understand the value that they have. I've said this, and pardon me if it sounds a little bit corny, but I've said this to Hayden a few times. Nobody ever stole a Hyundai if they had a Rolls Royce in the garage. What do I mean by that? No disrespect to Hyundais, by the way. But why do I say that? I mean, look, if you've got something of high value, you're not going to give it away to get something that's cheaper or of less value. In exactly the same way, when you know what you're worth, when you see the value of the you that God made, Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made that my soul knows right well. When you know the value of the God, of, of the way God sees you, when you know that, you'll never give it away cheaply to something throwing away your life as though it's got little value. Set a low value on others' opinions of you and your future. Set a high value on what God says about you. Here's number three. Set a low value on the voices of the enemy. I've been thinking a lot lately about David and Goliath and uh, that's probably going to make an appearance in one of the services soon, so hang on for that. But I went back and I read the story in 1 Samuel 17 again. And I realised something that I'd missed in all the times I'd read it. I missed the fact that Goliath never made an example of any of the army of Israel. He never killed one. There wasn't one of the soldiers of Israel that went up and were made an example of. All Goliath had to do was come out every day, stand there and roar his challenge And verse 40 of 1 Samuel 17 says, And all the men of Israel fled. All he had to do was roar his voice. You know that verse? Some of you will know it. 1 Peter that says the enemy, the devil goes about like a roaring lion. Not a devouring one, but like a roaring one. And the enemy is still roaring, still going about making noise, still saying you're not going to make it. Still saying to people, you know what, this is not going to work. Still saying, oh, you're going to be broke. Still saying to you, well, you're bound to get that thing. You're going to, you'll get it for sure. You are obviously vulnerable. And all these kinds of things that the enemy loves to speak and to speak into people's lives. Set a low value 
on the voices of the enemy, set a high value on the promises of God, the voice of God to you. It's so important. If I could get every Christian to do one thing, I would say make a daily practice of reading the Word of God. I thank God for all the years that I've been reading it, not because I'm a professional preacher. Most oftentimes, really, the messages that I share are simply things that have come to me for me and then I bring them out to you as a, an ongoing blessing, if you like. And you've heard me mention a couple of times how I was driving home and this verse came to me. Well, the verse came because it was there in the first place. Read the Bible, folks. It really is of great value for sure. Well, I don't have this one up there for you, but I was thinking about this while we're worshipping here tonight. I want to give you this one. I, I heard that song being sung about the wind and the waves still know His name. And I thought this and wrote it down. Set a low value on where you are right now and what you're going through. One of the most powerful passages of Scripture to me is Psalm 23. I know lots of you will love it. You know, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. Uh, he restores my soul. Uh, beautiful verses there. Then verse 4, out of the blue, unexpectedly, no reference to the verses before. Unexpectedly says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And then verse 5 goes on and says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I realise that the psalmist is doing what Jesus did in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. I realise that the psalmist is setting a low value on where he is right now, what he's going through right now. The valley of the shadow of death can't be good. Sounds like an ugly place. But he says, you know what? I'm not going to fear while I'm in this ugly place because I'm looking up ahead. I'm seeing a table spread before me in the presence of my enemies. I see my head anointed with oil, not twisted by anguish and worry. I see my head anointed with the peace that passes all understanding. I see the cup of my provision actually overflowing. I'm not just going to survive this. I'm coming through this with enough blessing to be a blessing to the other people around about me. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Set a low value on where you are right now and what you're going through. Allow the Holy Spirit to lift your eyes to see the good things of God that are coming your way. Look, I want to pray for people right now, right where you are. Maybe you've set your value wrongly. Easy enough to do. We've all done it. I've done it plenty of times. Maybe you've set it low in the area of your past failures or other people's opinions of you or the voices of the enemy or where you are right now, what you're going through. Can I pray with you right now? Then let me talk to you, those of you who maybe you're a part of this service tonight, you're not quite sure how you found us. Maybe a friend recommended it to you. Thank God for that friend if they did. Maybe you've watched us before or been a part of it and just tonight you needed something and here you are again. I want to talk to you about 
what it is to follow Jesus. But let me pray for people first. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that's a part of this service of Metro Church Online. God, wherever they are and whatever they're going through, God, there's no way I could know everyone's circumstance, everyone's background, but you do. And your word to them is still unchanging. Your word says, I am with you, even under the ends of the earth. So Lord, I thank you for your abiding presence. I thank you that no matter where we are, what we're going through, you're with us and you're going to help us. Lord, help us to set a high value on your word and on your presence in Jesus' name. You know, some of you that are a part of this service right now, I believe right where you are in your home right now, the presence of God is there. And you know that this is about you. You know that you need to say yes to God. You know that He's been knocking on the door of your heart and wanting to be involved with your life, come into your life. You know that He's been really wanting to start leading you. Some of you even know areas that already you've been feeling like, I just feel like God wants me to change this area of my life. And it begins with a simple yes to Christ. Revelation chapter 3 says Jesus is at the door, the door of our life and knocks and wants to come in. Will you say yes to Him tonight, today, wherever you are? Will you say yes to Christ? It's so easy. All you've got to do if you're in Australia, there's a text line. And once you say yes, text yes to us, then on one screen of your smartphone, the next day will come a scripture, a Bible verse we've picked for you, one that'll speak to your new life in Christ. A prayer is at the bottom of that. I pray you'll pray it and make it your prayer. Pray it out loud. You'll get a different one every day for 30 days. Of course, you can opt out whenever you like, but understand that it comes from our church, from Metro Church, not from a third party somewhere. It's from us. Understand we're not trying to get you to do anything other than follow Jesus. It'll be our joy to partner with you in that. Would you do that tonight? Would you text yes to 0488 Now that's a different number to the prayer line number. So let me give it to you again. It's up there for you on the screen, 0488 If you text yes, if you're outside of Australia, you can still be a part of it and get it via email. Just go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Give us your yes and we'll do the same thing for you. And then every day you'll get that encouragement. Look, it's been such a joy to be with you. Thank you for being a part of Live at Five at Metro Church Online. I'm going to hand you over now to Pastor Hayden Glass and he's going to be receiving your calls, your prayer requests. Can you please also send in, I'd love to hear that avalanche of praise continuing. Letting uh, us know and letting your praise go back to God for all that He's done. God bless you and thank you.